Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am having a great day. I'm excited for our guest today. He is a co-founder at Immutable Holdings and ex-founding team member at Hedera Hashgraph, Kyle Armour. Kyle, thanks for being here, man. Hey, and I am. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Excited. I'm good. I'm happy to have you here. You're over on the other side of the island. I'm over in Rincon. Kyle's over. Kyle is over in uh, San Juan. How's it going over there in San Juan? Give him a little view, you know. I mean, it's a it's a beautiful thing. We're we're very blessed to uh, to live on a, a beautiful island and and have views like this every day. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. I love your. You have one of the best views I've seen in Puerto Rico. Potentially Kyle, one of the best offices in in Puerto Rico. I gotta I gotta say. Yeah, and you've told me about your whale sightings. You're like half the day you actually have your binoculars out. You're looking for whales, right? Yeah, that only happened one time, but yes. <laughs> actually twice I, I lied twice um but uh one, one time i i was on a phone call yes and uh saw a little splash and i was like oh, what was that and then saw full breach uh, uh of those whales out there having a great time so so a little, a little jealous uh that i'm not a whale but uh maybe, you know, <laughs> that's awesome i love that very cool man well i'm excited to dig in with you today because one is you're you're a great entrepreneur right i know you right now you're co-founder immutable holdings which is really exciting we'll get into that in a little bit you're making some waves in the blockchain and cryptocurrency space with that. But also before that, man, like when I first met you, it's been, it's been over a year now, I think maybe it's been almost two years now, which is pretty crazy. But like, you're like, you built your own company, lead pay, lead artist, lead artists. Right. Yeah. And like, you did great work there. And then when I, when we first started building our friendship, like you were like, dude, like you could code, you could like build websites, you could like, it's like you could do all this stuff, right? So I was like, kind of, I was really impressed by that. So uh, maybe let's start there. Like, what kind of piques your interest to do what you do? Yeah. You know, I, I've been very fortunate from a very young age. Uh, you know, I, I built my first computer actually when I was 11 years old. I had my my dad uh, pick up the phone and 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 call someone. Uh, uh, you know, back then we didn't really know too much, uh, but. I, I'm led to believe it was a college student who uh, knew how to order the supplies and things. This was, this was, you know, before there was Newegg really. So uh, with with no Newegg, you kind of had to like know the manufacturers or the distributors that would, uh, you know, have the parts that you needed. But I had uh, done some Googling and came up with uh, uh, what I wanted to build. And, and uh, anyway, built a computer and, and Kind of throughout uh, my time uh, early in building computers, I had always been this hacker mentality, and I always kind of I was very fortunate that you know my dad employed me from a from a young age, and I never had to. Uh, I've had very few jobs that were uh, you know traditional jobs where I was uh, an employee. I guess I would say uh, I had always been very uh, creative and just kind of tried to find w different unique ways of of making money which uh you know is apparently a good characteristic if you end up wanting to be an entrepreneur and build your own business it's uh it, it's it's quite a hustle and you're uh constantly trying to uh protect yourself but also grow your business and, and uh that that's ultimately uh, uh why i think i've been a good entrepreneur and, and uh you know we, we i actually started uh lead artists around the same time i had uh experimented more in the music world and nightlife world uh, and found myself just kind of doing a little bit of everything in the nightlife world yeah. from, uh, from running ads and doing SEO to building an e-commerce platform and selling tickets to shooting photography and, and, and DJing and doing all, all the things like that. So, 
Yeah, you're um, a DJ too, right? That's right. Yeah, that's cool. DJing producer as well. So that's awesome. Many Very cool. And, and I love that your dad nurtured that in you at such a young age. And it's really cool. That it's kind of like you look at a lot of the successful entrepreneurs today, right? They started playing with computers when they were young kids. So that's cool that you yeah. just got one and started playing with it and built what you wanted to build. That's it. You know, I, I grew up in a suburb outside Chicago and it was like during the winters, you know, we, we shoveled driveways and during the summers we mowed lawns. And I, I, I did that very much and, uh, you know, had built my own business doing that. So uh, my dad was a, was a great supporter of that and, and, and really taught me the ways and, and how to be an entrepreneur and go sell your skills. So, yeah, very cool, man. So I want to dig in deeper with that, but I also want to, I didn't say this in the beginning, but I want to tell people, we're also going to talk about because I know you're big into like biohacking and anti-aging. You have a big group on Facebook about that too. And I want to, we're going to talk about that as well. So, uh, but first let's kind of keep the, the, the thread with this and maybe let's start with the, what you're doing to it immutable, right? A little bit blockchain and crypto is a big thing these days. A lot of more and more people are hearing about Bitcoin. So you guys are doing some cool work. I'll let you kind of share what you want to share on that, but just let's start with the basics for people that are just kind of, learning about Bitcoin and getting into the space, like uh, what would you say for people that don't know, like what is cryptocurrency? What's the blockchain? Uh, and yeah, let, let's start with that. Yeah, let me uh, maybe just to like fill in a little bit more. So so obviously I, I come from very much a marketing background. That's that's my that's my bread and butter. That's really where I, I learned as I was developing on computers and programming and doing these things. It was always you know, I was very early to Google uh, AdWords. I was very early to Facebook ads. I was doing a lot of different SEO and, and uh, creative guerrilla techniques, kind of I call them, um, uh, in the nightlife world uh, to to help build artists. And then I also kind of had uh, some healthcare clients as well uh, and some other small mid-sized businesses, retail locations, things like that, that, uh, you know, really needed help uh through storytelling uh, i think is a big thing um yeah that it's hits the, the the you know psychology of what it is to, to be a human being uh, i think a lot of businesses today uh struggle with that uh and how to you know tell their story tell their successes tell uh and and connect with their with their you know consumers basically um so it started really with there but um you know spent over a decade in nightlife and was kind of pivoting out slowly and uh, had reached out, actually met a, a close friend named Andrew Masanto, uh, who was very successful um, uh, prior to getting involved in nightlife. That's where we met uh, and, and previously had run a, a very large uh, uh, performance ad agency. Uh, but I spoke with him uh, prior to us meeting in nightlife and kind of, you know, was trying to scale my business, had left nightlife, was really focused on on growing, growing lead artists, uh, which I, which I did pretty successfully, but, uh, he actually told me at one point in time just to invest in this thing, crypto. Uh, so that was about 2016. Um, and I had made an early investment in, in Ethereum and, and over the course of a week, it had doubled and tripled and I had made more money in that one investment than I had made almost in an entire year of working, hustling, working 80 hours a week, uh, at lead artists. So, uh, I was very fortunate to have entered at the right time in the market. I know many people who entered uh, at the wrong time in the market, and then that becomes a lot more difficult to understand or, or be as curious uh, to, the, to the marketplace. But uh, to, to get to your question, um, uh, to get to your question, um, you know, a blockchain in the simplest 
uh, form is a network. So uh, you can think right now, like when we interact with Facebook, it goes to Facebook servers and all of our data is stored by Facebook. It's all happening right there, right? Um, in these new models, uh, you would no longer be com uh, communicating directly with a single person, but you'd be connecting with a network. And these networks have governance structures, much like our actual US government has uh, certain policies and frameworks that it abides by and, and is designed around. Um, but in the simplest form, you have Bitcoin, which uh, any of these, anyone in the world, no matter what, you know, what jurisdiction you're under, you can run as long as you have access to the internet, you have access to electricity and computational resources, be it, uh, uh, you know, motherboard power, uh, CPU processing, etc. You can run this software and be a part of the network that is securing transactions over the network. Um, and you get paid to do that, basically. So wow. Uh, in the simplest sense, it's a network uh, and it's a, uh, a way to transact where you're not having to abide by necessarily the rules of the central bank of the United States or your country. Yep, very cool. I want to go back to your story and how you got into it. So you, your friend Andrew Masanto recommended it to you and then you got into it and then, and I'm asking you these questions because I want people to realize like the thought process behind your decision making. So like, and then you just started reading about it and learning about it. Um, you yeah, I was, it, you know, I had known about Bitcoin being being involved in technology for quite a long time. I, I had known about Bitcoin and, and heard of it since 2013, uh, roughly. I, I didn't ever make any investments. Unfortunately, I should have, uh, you know, in hindsight, so it's 2020. But yeah, uh, as soon as I had, you know, made some money in the space, I quickly was trying to figure out exactly uh, what Ethereum was and why it was so unique. I really didn't understand the smart contracts platform and how these applications were now being written on top of these networks where all these computers could actually process uh, a certain code uh, and they could all come to an agreement on, on the, the actual uh, output of that code. Um, so, you know, a, a big uh, a learnings uh, spot for me was was really just YouTube, uh, mm -hmm. and I, I went down kind of a YouTube rabbit hole, and it's still kind of uh, what I recommend a lot of people to do is yeah. to actually uh, you know go to YouTube.com and type in blockchain 101, blockchain for dummies. Like I watched all of those videos, I've seen them all, and, and like most recently now, a lot of people are getting more uh, acquainted with DeFi and what is DeFi and and. Uh, just recently sent some videos to to a close friend of mine, the DeFi 101. If you go on YouTube and search that, you'll find some unbelievable videos. You know, you can just throw them on and, and clean your house or do, you know, do what you do uh, and, and listen to those videos. I think they've been uh, extremely beneficial to not only me, but, but many others who are new to the space. That's awesome. I love that. It's just, again, you just did the basic thing. You just taught yourself and use the resources out there that are available to everybody. Yeah, it's you know there's 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 so much information nowadays. No one's an expert. Uh, you know, you, as you dip your toe into the water, it, it can get very stressful very quickly because there is so much going on in the space, and it's very difficult to, uh, you know, from a from just reading blog posts or or going on certain editorial websites, whether it's CoinDesk or CoinTelegraph or Masari or the Block Crypto. These are some of the largest uh, editorial websites for crypto. 
they, they sometimes don't do the best job because they're, they're constantly just posting, 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 posting. So if you go to YouTube, these are platforms where the information is very curated. Uh, many of them have large followings and they do a very good job. Uh, if you do the one-on-one videos, especially those, yeah. are, uh, those are videos that, you know, uh, they've kind of taken all the information, put it all together, repackaged it and then re uh, regurgitate it, so to speak, um, to, to, to your, to the viewer. So that, that's great. I love that. I'm actually watching right now. Cause I know MIT puts all their courses available on YouTube, which is really cool. And I'm watching if people want to go the academic route, like there's a blockchain course that is taught at MIT. There's multiple, I'm sure, but there's one right now, like on YouTube where you could watch and I'm watching it bit by bit each day a little bit, which is really cool. Uh, yeah, that's incredible. And actually, two two of the guys who who founded uh, blockchain at Berkeley uh, both live right here in Puerto Rico and are close friends of mine, and and also have similar programs as well. So, oh, cool! Uh, definitely check out the academic route. There's there's some great materials there as well. Very cool, man. So you said some big keywords there. Uh, you said DeFi. You said uh, Ethereum, and then I don't think you said Bitcoin yet, but I'm sure everybody heard about Bitcoin. So can you give us the quick uh, understanding of maybe let's start with Bitcoin and Ethereum and then we can talk about DeFi. Yeah, yeah. So Bitcoin, you know, is, is constantly talked about like the, the equivalent to gold. Uh, it's the digital gold. Um, it, it's, it has very similar properties to gold and that it has a, a very actually different than gold. It has a, a, a limited supply. There's a maximum known supply and there, there'll never be more than it. Uh, versus something like gold, we have a, a general idea of how much gold maybe exists in, in, on Earth, but then we, you know, can talk about Elon Musk and maybe going and mining asteroids and finding right. gold and things of that nature. So we actually don't even know how much gold there is, but uh, it, you know, Bitcoin being also on the digital realm, it's extremely fungible. It's ex you can transfer it extremely easily. Uh, you don't have storage costs like you do with gold. Gold generally is stored in a in a, you know, a vault somewhere. And then there's a certificate issued related to that. And there's fees associated. There's a, there's a lot of differences, but um, long story short, uh, you know, Bitcoin is, is the, the uh, first uh, algorithm that basically solved what's called the double spend problem. Yeah. Uh, and this was a, a fundamental breakthrough in distributed ledger technology. That's what, we're, what these blockchains really are. They're a ledger. Uh, Think about it like a bank. Uh, every transaction that happens is written on a ledger, um, but it's a distributed ledger, meaning that you have, again, this network, all of these computers that all have to have the same ledger. And if you get to a point where the ledgers are different, say one transaction was sent here and at the same, at the same time was sent this direction, that would be called a double spend. And that would be someone spending like the same $20 twice yeah trying to buy something from two different people on opposite sides of the world at the same time we can't have that obviously you don't have a, a, a monetary system if someone can spend the same 20 dollars twice so bitcoin was the first to solve the uh the double spend problem i don't want to go too in depth uh uh with how that's solved but it's basically solved through proof of work which is also called mining uh, in the simplest way of explaining it, you can say that there's a puzzle, a very complicated math puzzle. It's very, very difficult. The actual fastest way to solve this math puzzle is just guessing random numbers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, as fast as the computer can input the number. 
Uh, and that's why you have these large mining farms the size of Walmart that are just guessing numbers, basically. Uh, and the first miner that uh, solves the puzzle, guessing these numbers in a linear fashion, uh, actually gets rewarded a Bitcoin. And this is hard coded in the software that thousands and thousands and thousands of computers are running around the globe. Um, and, and that is how the network works. It's actually relatively simple. Uh, you know, arguably maybe a waste of, of energy. And some people may say, uh, you know, Bitcoin will die because of its inefficiencies. It's actually uh, the, the developers who run the Bitcoin network can actually control the difficulty of that puzzle. So they're always trying to make sure that the network moves at a certain speed uh. again to prevent that double spend from happening. If the network goes too fast, then we have a lot of issues and then we can have uh, other problems. But uh, to this date, we've never actually had a double spend occur, um, which is, which is uh, you know, very exciting for you know, now over a decade of, of Bitcoin's existence. So that's a touch into Bitcoin. Uh, maybe that was helpful. Ethereum yeah. was kind of like the, the second coin. Uh, there, there were several others, but it's the second largest coin, I guess I would say. Um, which kind of innovated on top of the, the core Bitcoin technology and that we can have this distributed ledger and we can have this technology and how uh, we can have transactions go across the network and we can ensure that they're not double spending and such. But it built actually a programming language on top of the network. Um, this allows you to do you know complicated financial transactions across the network and you can um, you know do different things like uh, uh, different kinds of swaps and different, and you can do decentralized exchanges, for example, which are extremely popular, um, and, and has has led to Ethereum, you know, being one of the largest uh, largest coins uh, behind Bitcoin. Very cool. And then, so, and then, what about DeFi? Is tell us about DeFi. So DeFi is a very interesting uh, new innovation um, that basically goes along the lending and and uh, um, uh, loaning kind of model, lending and borrowing. Uh, so that you have different, you have, you have technically CFI, uh, centralized finance, and you also have DeFi, decentralized finance, uh, both that kind of, CFI was here a little bit earlier, but both, I, and, and DeFi has been around for quite a few years actually, um, but not until this past year did we really see that uh, really explode. But uh, the simplest uh, explanation there is say, hey, I have $100. Uh, why don't I give my $100 to someone who thinks that they can uh, borrow against that $100, make a trade and make more money and then pay back the $100 plus a little interest. Right. Right. And some of that interest will actually be paid to me. Uh, we can do that in a centralized finance. This happens all, all the time in, in, in traditional finance as well. Uh, and we also have decentralized models of this as well. Sometimes that also uh, have what's called staking, which is actually you know putting your coins uh, and locking them up, and then actually earning not only on the coin uh, for that interest of the borrowing that's happening, but also you get paid out a governance token. And governance tokens have been uh, relatively new as well, uh, but these governance tokens allow you to basically have a say in how the network is controlled or how this project is controlled. Mm. You have things called like a DAO, D-A-O, or a decentralized autonomous organization, very much a mouthful. 
But simply put, these are organizations that maybe don't actually have an executive uh, body. They don't have a C-suite. They don't have, uh, they have a completely different framework in where, um, you know, you can, through these smart contracts that you can program on Ethereum, you can have voting every month on different protocols and people can submit things and this can all be automated and automatically run and um, members can uh, submit their work and, and it's basically uh, run automatically uh, through contract, through code that has been submitted to the, to the network. Nice, cool. And then for people that want extra credit, they can go read the Bitcoin white paper by Satoshi Nakamoto, which covers yeah. some of the, uh, uh, you were talking about how it solves the double spend problem, right? Because I've read it a couple of times now. So they talk about that a little bit and also the proof of work model on how Bitcoin works that's right yeah there, there's another bitcoin 101 video that's really good and that like helps me understand exactly how proof of work works yeah uh, which i think is uh really important and then you also have proof of stake uh which is another kind of newer technology that many of the so you have also layer one technologies and mm -hmm. the layer one technologies are uh the consensus uh, it's a consensus layer so that's like initially how a transaction is sent across the network and you have many different versions of them the proof of work bitcoin uh, the proof of work ethereum ethereum is also trying to change the proof of stake and you have many many other layer ones uh, that are also uh bringing on either proof of work or a proof of stake model those are kind of the most uh the most prevalent uh, consensus algorithms they call them basically yeah. ways that the network can communicate with itself uh, and come to uh, an agreement on the ordering of transactions and, and again, you know, preventing double spend. Is proof of stake, does that, is that, does that require less energy consumption than proof of work? Yes, it does. Um, basically in a proof of stake model, you, you generally have just one coin equals one vote versus in the proof of work model, you're actually uh, going back to those puzzles, solving these mathematically difficult algorithms, and that's how the network is actually secured. Yeah. So uh, we have found that uh, you know proof of stake models are significantly uh, more efficient in terms of speed and uh, uh, throughput over the network, um, number of transactions per second we call it, um, but uh, slightly different in terms of the actual distribution of a proof of stake method, uh, uh, proof of stake network is significantly more difficult than perhaps uh, something like uh, Bitcoin or a proof mm. of work network. It's, it's hard to uh, kind of bootstrap a network and hard to get uh, uh, even distribution of the token over time uh, in a proof of stake network because you're kind of, you're minting all, generally you're minting all the coins at the beginning and then there might be, uh, right now the model that we really see is a lot of these later ones have very large treasury accounts yeah, uh, so still sort of trusting. You have to still trust one treasury account to not do something malicious. Uh, many of them are using these large treasury purses, oftentimes worth billions of dollars. Um, you know, they're, they're liquidating them over time and will be distributing them and hopefully get to a point. But uh, uh, that is uh, a topic that uh, we could save for another day. But uh, yeah, Ethereum's going to proof of stake. Do you think Bitcoin would ever go to proof of stake? Uh, people have talked about that. I don't. I don't think Bitcoin ever would. Just frankly, because it's so long-lasting already, and it's okay. It's, uh, it's possible, but 
uh, pretty much the consensus within the Bitcoin community is that any uh, improvements to the protocol would all be done on a layer two. Um, yeah. So we, we kind of briefly talked about layer ones. Layer twos are things that actually sit above the layer one and additionally do um, uh, some sort of consensus, but communicating down with the layer one. Uh, and, uh, you know, for Bitcoin, it's it's most notably the Lightning Network, I believe, is still yeah. uh, kind of front, front and center there, um, but, uh, you know, has, has changed uh, uh, Bitcoin's throughput uh, from, from uh, you know, four transactions per second to, you know, maybe 50 on a, a good day. Yeah, got it. Okay. Let's shift. Well, maybe not shift gears, but uh, let's talk about your, your company, Immutable Holdings. What are yeah, you guys up to over so, there? Whatever you want to share with us. Sure. So, so um, going back, you know, I, uh, Andrew kind of got me involved in Ethereum early on. Made made uh, several, close to a hundred investments across the space. Now, probably fifty plus investments back in 2016, 17. Nice. Um, and then became an early team member at Hedera Hashgraph. Left last year, uh, and then most recently. Uh, uh, the senior global uh, senior vice president of global business development, Jordan Freed, my co-founder, uh, had also left Hedera Hashgraph. We kind of had large ambitions in the space and uh, wanted to build up, uh, you know, many many businesses and had had lots of ideas of things that would be beneficial to to have built in the crypto ecosystem. But uh, unfortunately, when we were at Hedera Hashgraph. We we wanted to stay very narrow focused and and make sure that the one thing was successful. Um, now we still have that narrow focus, uh, but we're building something. Uh, that will eventually be a much larger uh, vision, really, um, and that's immutable holdings. So immutable holdings, uh, think about it like the Berkshire Hathaway, uh, Warren Buffett's uh, company, or think about it like the IAC, the Interactive Court, Barry Diller. Um, uh, both of these companies uh, are, have have really paved the vision for what we're trying to do at Immutable Holdings, which is a blockchain holding company. So we have. Uh, six subsidiary businesses within Immutable Holdings. All six of them are actually uh, Puerto Rican companies based from Puerto Rico. Um, and we have, uh, most notably, uh, we're going to market really with two businesses. Well, we have six, these are these, they're all planned business lines. Uh, the, two, the two that we're focusing on uh, scaling the quickest are Immutable Asset Management, which is simply an asset manager that will launch a series of financial products uh, uh, one being a Bitcoin trust, uh, simply still to this day, it's very difficult to onboard the crypto. Uh, we hear yeah. it all the time. I'm, I'm helping people all the time. I just had a friend reach out yesterday. He's, his, his money is locked in his Binance account. He, he set up a Binance US account, was in California, and then he relocated. He was trying to do his verification and relocated to Texas. They don't allow Texans. Yeah. But what does he do now? He's literally got money in his Binance US account. When he was a Californian, it's locked and he's trying to unlock it in Texas, but he's not allowed to. So you see all these, this is just one example and, and he's already onboarded, but if you're in Texas, what do you do? Yeah. Um, so we have come up with a solution here. This is, we're not, we're not, I don't want to, you know, uh, say that we're the adventures of this because there are others who do it, but, uh, <laughs> We basically are creating single asset grantor trusts in Delaware, and they, the sole purpose of these companies is to hold a digital asset. We're launching with the Bitcoin product and also the, the first HBAR product. So basically, these trust companies will be publicly floated on the OTCQX, uh, OTC markets, and you will be able to buy into an equity 
that underneath that equity, all it does is hold the crypto asset itself. Um, we'll also be doing a, a variety of uh, SPVs, special purpose vehicles, uh, where we make investments uh, in layer one protocols. I had uh, alluded to before that you know many of these layer ones have large treasury accounts. Uh, many times they need to liquidate or sell some of those uh, treasury coins that they have to continue to fund business operations until they're profitable and, and revenue generating. Uh, and because of the relationships that we have, uh, have been, having been in the space this long, uh, we will go out and assist companies to find investors and uh, uh, you know uh, take positions there at generally a discount to market. They, they operate uh, similar to a pipe, which is a, a, a private investment in a public equity. Um, whereas uh, you know public companies will often raise capital, they'll sell stock at a discount to market with a lockup, uh, and we'll do similar things in the crypto space. So. Uh, you can kind of think of immutable asset management much like the Geico to Berkshire Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Geico is the business that is super revenue generating, maybe not the sexiest business in the world, but uh, allows Berkshire Hathaway to go and uh, do M&A in the space, go fund other businesses, go make investments in Coca-Cola and Visa and United and all the American Airlines and, and, yeah. and Apple, et cetera. Um, so, so we're really narrow focused on, on building out first the, the asset management business, uh, which already to the state should, should bring us in, you know, somewhere between 10 and $20 million in revenue. We've been very fortunate to, to have some, some, some favorable, uh, contracts under, uh, under terms. So, uh, that's the one side. And then the other, uh, company that we'll be initially building out is nft.com. Uh, so that was a domain that we acquired, uh, early this year. Uh, have seen you know um, good good solid eight eight middle eight figure uh, offers to actually purchase that domain. Uh, we have denied all of those. We plan to build out the domain. Uh, we actually uh, brought on uh, David Namdar very early in the genesis of of Immutable Holdings. Uh, he is the president of Immutable Holdings and also the CEO of NFT.com. So he'll be leading that project uh, and company. Uh, but he actually was the uh, co-founder of Galaxy Digital. Uh, with Mike Novogratz, which is now a you know four or five billion dollar publicly traded company in Canada, uh, and and uh, we were very excited. He he previously worked with uh, UBS in Hong Kong, uh, and then Millennium, a, a large hedge fund in, in Manhattan, uh, and has uh, significant banking experience, and and has already uh, raised uh, close to a billion dollars uh, for Galaxy, and. Uh, uh, has been very helpful in, in walking us through our RTO process. We're, we're actually uh, in process of going public as well in Canada right now. What does NFT stand for? Non-fungible token, another mouthful. Uh, non-fungible token. So, I mean, the simplest way is if, if cryptocurrency is the digital form of money, non-fungible token, everything else. Uh, so if that's... Uh, you know, a, a, a real estate deed or, or your ownership of your, your motorcycle or your, your home in, in Rincon, or it's, uh, you know, uh, the, the front row at, at Madison Square Garden, seat number one, you know, you're going to have an NFT. It could be a song. It could, it could be every, everything from art. Um, the, 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 the world is, is still trying to figure out where the NFT world will go. Uh, but of course, we've seen things like the $70 million people that sold and, and uh, we don't believe that this industry is, is going away anytime soon. Um, yeah. We have some, some exciting things in place uh, uh, as we scale out the NFT.com business. 
uh, initially starting with uh, uh, what we actually originally, the, the first real uh, significant assets on the internet were domain names. Uh, think about, uh, you know, beer.com. I remember the beer.com story. Uh, a gentleman, I think, bought the domain for, for $200,000 and a month later sold it for $4 million. Wow. Back, back in kind of the dot-com craze. Uh, Pets.com, another huge one. Creditcards.com. We all know how, how valuable the NFT properties are. Jordan Freed, my co-founder, has been a, a huge, huge domain broker. He's always got his eye on it. And, and this was just one that he he happened to trip into. So we understand the, the value of, of vanity URLs or vanities uh, across the space. Also, most notably, you know, Twitter, Twitter handles and Twitter usernames are, are extremely valuable. Uh, in, in the space, uh, large investors, you might know Facebook story, Mark Zuckerberg and the Winklevoss twins, uh, now very proficient in, in the crypto world. Um, you know, they, they run the Gemini Exchange in New York and, and have their own venture arms as well. But both Cameron and Tyler acquired their at handles. They didn't have them forever. They, mm. they, were, they were registered by other other people, and they they rumoredly bought them for for close to half a million dollars each. Even though it's against the terms of service, there's very much a secondary market for these things. Going back to NFT.com, uh, our initial plan to to launch NFT will actually be like owning NFT.com forward slash Naim, and you're going to be able to list all the NFTs you own. You'll be able to sell NFTs there. You'll be able to maybe create NFTs there. Uh, you'll be able to do whatever you want with that that space. And there'll be, you know, a limited amount of those URLs available. Maybe it's a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand. We haven't decided on that number yet, but yeah. uh, we very much believe that the NFT.com name uh, and domain name is extremely valuable. We think that there'll be a lot of people that are willing to spend, you know, one Ethereum, two Ethereum, two yeah. Uh, reserve that name and have that space uh, dedicated to to their NFT gallery and profile. That's, that's exciting. Tell us right. about HBAR real quick, because you helped launch that company as well, and they're very successful, and they're yeah, still doing so, some great things. So, so, so back at HBAR, I started at Hedera Hashgraph back in uh, 2017. It was just called Hashgraph originally. That's, Hashgraph is actually the name of the algorithm. Uh, similar, we talked about proof of work, proof of stake. Hashgraph is a algorithm as well. It uses uh, proof of stake, uh, extremely proficient algorithm. I still think it's probably one of the best distributed ledger technology algorithms in the space, though um, technology is not everything, right? Uh, we know the, the VHS and Betamax story, and, and uh, it's, it's not the end all if you have the best technology. There's, there's many other uh, uh, problems to still solve in terms of awareness and, and market adoption and and, and utility and things of that nature. But uh, in 2018, we raised $124 million for the company, uh, went public in uh, 2019. Uh, the coin originally um, uh, saw some resistance, uh, kind of launched in a little bit of a bear market, but then uh, most recently uh, went from a penny, uh, to about three cents, I think in January, to actually 44 cents uh, was, was the peak about uh, two months ago. So. Wow. Uh, yeah, quite quite a, a big move, and, and currently sits at about a top fifty coin. If you are checking on the Coin Market Cap or Coin Gecko uh, websites, nice, uh, a very very uh, exciting coin. And, and uh, you know, we're working with the, the Hedera team uh, as we continue to build out immutable holdings. Uh, uh, a lot of interesting and cool things going on there, and, and they're actually uh, entering the NFT space. Saw so they're doing more webinars on NFTs as well. 
which is very exciting and, and uh, yeah, it's extremely performant and, and uh, has, I guess that, you know, as I was talking about the technology, maybe not being everything, the big differentiator for Hedera has actually been the governance body. Uh, so Jordan actually had the pleasure to, uh, you know, sit down with the likes of, of, of Google and IBM and LG and actually uh, recruited uh, many of the largest multinational companies to actually bring them together. It was, there was a big problem. Um, Ethereum kind of had launched the Ethereum Enterprise Alliance, uh, which was uh, bringing together a lot of the largest enterprises and teaching them about Ethereum and teaching them about smart contracts and teaching them about how, uh, you know, uh, this technology would like remove the middlemen and allow them to uh, uh, just perform more efficiently. And it was going to, uh, you know, make make everything more efficient, essentially. But uh, there, there ended up being a bit of a pain point in that large enterprises uh, kind of shy away from open source software. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen that to be the case. And, and um, you know, Hashgraph actually has a patent, which many of the large enterprises like. Uh, many of the open source guys don't. Uh, I understand. I understand both sides very well. Um, uh, but but uh, we also gave them some skin in the game. And that was like a big part for, for a lot of these enterprises. And we, we bring them together. They sit on a council and, and, and there's a variety of committees that they all get to speak and kind of uh, shape the direction of where the Hedera network goes and where resources are spent and how innovation is going. And, uh, and, and so far it's, 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 uh, it's done very, very well. Uh, you can see the uh, existing council members on Hedera.com and, and uh, it's, it's really, it's really great. Very cool. So before we get into some biohacking stuff and how you kind of keep yourself primed to continue to do the, the work you do at a high level, um, what would you say one to somebody that's a lot of people are uncertain about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, like, Oh, is it real? Is it not like, what's the deal? So one is like, what would you say to people in like a gentle way to, if they want to try it out a little bit, right. How to maybe get their feet wet and then to, how do they actually do that? Right. Like what's the best place to go to do that and set it up simply. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm always blown away and it's, it seems like such a simple thing, but many people don't know it, but if you go to a coin market cap, and you click one of the coins uh, and go into the page for that coin, you can see the chart for it. There's a little tab that says markets. And if you click markets, you can then see where that coin is traded most. For, for the big top 20 coins, that's probably what I would recommend saying. Uh, it, it, it's less relevant there, but some of the lower ones, you might wanna see what exchange it's actually traded on. But if you're, the, the most important thing I guess would be finding the exchanges that are actually even available in your jurisdiction. So, uh, because there, there's, there's lots of laws there and many of the exchanges only serve certain areas. So in the United States, uh, you know, the, the main ones are really uh, uh, Coinbase, of course, which just went public, uh, Kraken, which is probably following Coinbase and, and has been raising at a uh, several, uh, I think $40 billion valuation, which uh, kudos to them. Um, others are Bitrix, which is a very, very large exchange, uh, and of course, Finance US. And Gemini, uh, yeah? And Gemini, if you are in Manhattan, is, a, is, a, is, a, is one of the only uh, in the Manhattan area. So um, those are all the five exchanges that are, that are very uh, good um, in the US. Now, you'll have to onboard. It's not going to be the, the simplest thing. Uh, you have to create an account. You have to do KYC. Uh, which is know your customer. So you're going to need to submit uh, some 
some uh, your driver's license. You might have to do a selfie. You might have to write, you know, the name of the exchange and the date, hold it up, and do all this fun stuff. Uh, a little bit painful at times, but uh, once you get over the initial the initial hurdle there, um, then you'll be able to wire uh, USD from your you know your your JP Morgan account, your uh, whoever you bank with, and then. Um, once those funds clear, your account would be credited, and then you can go and trade uh, USD against uh, a Bitcoin pair, USD against a Ethereum pair. Um, and even if you use Coinbase or, you, uh, or I think a couple of the other platforms, even Binance, has an even easier way if you're trying to get involved quicker uh, and don't want to do the wires and all that, you can actually just use a credit card. You pay slightly higher fee, but if you're if you're somebody who's a you know a long-term holder like you should be, uh, at least allocating you know I, I say at least five uh, percent of your portfolio here. I'm a, maybe a little more uh, uh, bullish on Bitcoin, of course. Being here, uh, some people say one percent, some people say five, maybe ten. Um, uh, but but you can. That's certainly- funny. Paul Tudor Jones actually said do five percent in Bitcoin. There you go. Uh, so so he's he's much my senior and probably uh, much more educated than I. So. Uh, I will I will cheer on five percent. Um, that that seems reasonable and fair. Uh, and I know many many um, many people now that you know are taking a little. You can set up actually auto purchases. Uh, so so you know your 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 uh, salary or your paycheck gets deposited into your account, and then you know once a week or once a month you can actually have you know fifty dollars drawn out. It just buys Bitcoin, just buys Ethereum, uh, buys whichever coin you want. It can buy a series of coins if you want. Um, and, and that's my best advice. Um, yeah. I would I would stay in the you know the top twenty coins if you're if if you you know go down again go back to YouTube and type in uh, a, a good coin that I'm been paying attention to is Polygon. Uh, Polygon is actually building a layer two on top of Ethereum and making Ethereum even faster. Um, uh, a, a really good uh, coin to research. Uh, Binance Coin is another big one. Uh, Solana is is, a, is another big one. Um, there's many to research. It, it's impossible for me to tell you exactly which ones to go. There are also um, um, fun products now as well. Uh, if you do some research, and uh, you might be able to get exposure to to some of these baskets uh, that have been created. Uh, if you look at the grayscale products, they have larger minimums, um, but they do have like a large cap fund that uh, yeah. provides exposure. You can go buy that on the secondary markets and the equity markets, uh, so you wouldn't be able to invest directly, but you can go pick it up on the on the secondaries and. Uh, you, you basically have exposure to, I think, 10 different crypto assets that are all like in the top 30. Um, so, so that's also a, a pretty painless uh, uh, pathway if you don't want to set up an account and don't want to have to worry about your crypto and protecting your private keys and uh, pass, usernames, passwords, and all those things. Yeah. So you don't have. So it's not like a stock where you have to buy the full stock. So you don't have to actually have to buy a full Bitcoin, which is about, I think, $38,000 right now. You could buy literally like $50 of Bitcoin. You can, yeah, exactly. You can. This is all fractionalized out. So uh, try to avoid the psychology of what the price says um, because it's, it's 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 confusing when you you know people say oh Bitcoin that's so expensive and they don't buy it because they, they buy uh, you know that that's just human psychology you know you yeah. have to see past that because that's uh, uh, somewhat irrelevant in, in all things considered. But yep. Uh, but yep. Sweet. You can, you can buy any any fractionalized there and then. Uh, back to back to the other thing though the the, the equity side uh, of the, the grayscale uh, uh, large cap fund uh, that that is a publicly traded uh, equity very cool I love that 
So let's talk about how you actually manage and maintain yourself to keep doing all this stuff. Like what yeah. are, what are some biohacks or performance tools or things you do to really just kind of stay on top of your game? I know you're big into breath work and meditation and you have that power plate behind you. So what are some insights yeah. or tips you have on that? We have the power plate here, which is a lot of fun. That's a, it's a vibration plate, uh, a uh, really cool device. Do some squats on there. Do some do some push ups. Just stand on it sometimes. Just gets yeah. your gets your cells moving. Gets your body detoxifying a little bit better. Uh, I mean, the thing I like the most, of course, is the Wim Hof method. I had the I had the pleasure to uh, to travel actually to northern Norway, about three and a half hours north of Oslo, and and uh, trained with some of Wim's uh, top trainers, level three trainers, and uh, spent a week there and 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 kind of. Uh, learned all the techniques, all the different breathing techniques, and, and hiked an hour up the mountain with, with some axes and spears and things, and cracked oh, nice. open ice that was this thick and fully submerged for, for five minutes, came out, remained calm the whole way, dried off, did our techniques, got our clothes back on, and then hiked an hour back. It was a, a truly, a, truly magnificent moment for sure. I had a lot of experience. I've been I've been cold plunging for for quite a long time, actually, uh, from from the early days of learning about Wim. And actually, uh, he, there's a great book written about Wim um, called "What Doesn't Kill Us." Um, mm. Ending on "What Doesn't Kill Us Makes Us Stronger," uh, leaving off the the second part. Uh, but uh, it's a great book that was actually funded. Uh, I forget what, what editorial it was like Vice or somebody like that uh, uh, wanted to basically debunk Wim Hof and and sent one of their lead editors to, to go do his coursework and debunk it and write, you know, gave him a hundred K and was like, go do this and, and just prove that it's totally, you know, bull crap. He went and was blown away and it all worked. And <laughs> ended up writing this book that became hopefully that made the editorial some money back because, you know, they didn't end up writing the article that they thought they were going to write. Um, but, but was a, was a huge smashing success. And, and, uh, you know, proved Wim Hof uh, and his ability to to kind of control the uh, parasympathetic nervous system through your breathing and meditation that uh, mind really does have more control over the body than, than maybe we realize. So, uh, yeah, I actively am cold plunging, have a cold plunge freezer that I uh, often will go into sits at 33 degrees just above freezing. And then, uh, you know, uh, I really, really love uh, the, the cold water. It's 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 a uh, it's uh, something that develops over time. No one likes cold water the first time you get in. Yeah. You know, and, and the simplest thing is end on cold in your shower. Uh, they, they've already proven, you know, 30 to 60 seconds of cold water at the end of a shower is in, in, insanely beneficial for you. Uh, you should definitely be doing that at a minimum. Uh, but uh, if you can get into, uh, you know, an ice bath or a, a, a big freezer, you can, you can buy a freezer and, and, and have it at your house, a couple hundred dollars. You buy a thermostat. You keep you what you put it in the water. It turns on and turns off based on temperature. Uh, keeps it at 33 degrees. You jump in there, and and your blood is just rushing through your body everywhere. Your your skin will get red as your blood comes to the surface. It grabs toxins. It pushes toxins out of your body. You you get a runner's high afterwards. Uh, a little bit of dopamine, and uh, it's, a, it's a it's a lot of fun and, and super good for the body. So uh, that's certainly one. Uh, the, the vibration plate. We got a rebounder in the other room. A big Tony Robbins fans here in the office. Uh, we try to break up the the workday as much as possible. We've got standing desks, so we're sitting, standing, jumping on a trampoline, doing doing lots of fun things, and trying to make uh, make the workday uh, as fun as possible. And, and uh, 
those are some, some key things for sure. Nice. What about the mindset do you find valuable? Like things you learned from Tony, how does that help you in your business? And yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think I'm so lucky that my, my co-founder here, Jordan is also, although Tony, uh, Tony's work, and, uh, you know, we, we, we both have, uh, uh found found great benefit to our lives uh through, through his work and, and uh you know i think i think mindset is 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 critical right i mean if you if you whether you believe you can or you can't you're right right um yep. so, so uh you know having supportive people around uh, i've been so so happy and, and thankful to be able to move to puerto rico and be kind of in this place that uh um, has has allowed a lot of uh, very very educated people to come, uh, and, and I'm I'm here with with Nam, David Namdar. I'm here with Jordan Freed. I'm here with Gavin Mai, our head of engineering. These uh, I'm surrounded by extremely brilliant people, and it and it helps uh, uh, in terms of the mindset to just see the success that we're that we're heading towards and, and yeah. all that we're going to accomplish. Uh, uh, it's, it's very it's very exciting. And, and, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, the rituals that we've all developed that we that we wake up every day and, and uh, you know, continue to to dial in on uh, and improve on that uh, reinforce the mindset and reinforce the vision. And it's us. Uh, it's a beautiful thing when, when you can align, you know, it, it like like the, the, the beginning of any company. It's so important that like the beliefs of the company, the beliefs of the people are aligned. Uh, and when you can bring together, we did this at Hedera Hashgraph. This was why Hedera was so successful is because everyone was so aligned. You yeah. know, when you bring two people together and you get like that third brain, like, cause two people are together, boom, you get third, like yep. gotta have that energy. That's like the critical thing in building any company. And it's amazing to, to, to be able to find that we're, we're a small team now, but we're going to grow very rapidly as we, as we. Uh, finish our raise and go public and and, and scale up. But uh, we we've been so fortunate that 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 Puerto Rico and the island has brought us all together, brought us all here, uh, and we're all very like-minded people to mm. uh, to go on and, and take on such a such a such a feat that we are that we are really setting out to do. So yeah, uh, I love that man. Very cool. How can people connect with you or find out more about what you're up to? Yeah, so uh, I check my Twitter quite a quite a lot. It's a immutable armor uh, is is my new Twitter handle. I just rebranded a little bit as we. That's started. like the coolest Twitter handle. You could sell that <laughs> for like millions of dollars one day, probably. Yeah, so it's, it's a nice one. And as we as we grow the company, it'll even become more valuable. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, you can reach me just at Kyle at immutableholdings.com. Uh, you can visit our website as well, immutableholdings.com. Uh, and you'll see us publicly traded, hopefully uh, in the middle of July, so a month a month away. And, uh, nice. Uh, take a look at what we're doing. If, uh, if anything is interesting, uh, feel free to reach out if you want to uh, if you want to speak about blockchain or uh, uh, biohacking or anything. You could also check out uh, biohackgroup.com, uh, which will get you to the Facebook group. I think we're about seven thousand, eight thousand members now. Uh, uh, which is the anti-aging biohacking and longevity group, which is another uh, big passion of mine as we've uh, covered here. Uh, but uh, we're writing articles uh, pretty uh, pretty much every week and uh, posting polls and 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 doing lots of cool uh, interviews with uh, with entrepreneurs in the biohacking and longevity space, which is a lot of fun. So uh, if you're in either of those uh, industries, please please do reach out. 
Yeah, Kyle just runs an 8,000 person Facebook group in his free time for fun. <laughs> Stay busy. I didn't even talk about my nonprofit for my research, but that's uh, that's also a, a mental health uh, nonprofit that I'm building here in Puerto Rico, which is uh, a lot of fun as well. Yeah, that's going to be wonderful too. I'm excited about that. Pronoia Pro Research is the name of the nonprofit, right? That's correct. Yeah. Cool. You could also find Kyle free diving or spearfishing in the waters of Puerto Rico. That is my hobby on the weekends. We will uh, catch some fish and uh, make some awesome ceviche uh, as you should in Puerto Rico. Yep. I love that. Cool. Any parting thoughts you want to share with everybody before we wrap this up? Yeah. You know, I, I think we're in a really, really exciting time. Uh, everything that crypto has done, uh, if you're not involved yet, uh, I'm sure you're, you're probably kicking yourself, but it's not too late. It's really not. Uh, in the United States alone, uh, uh, roughly 50 to 60 percent plus or minus uh, uh, own equities and bonds and traditional financial instruments. Uh, still to this day, the uh, percentage of Americans that are exposed to digital assets, less than 10%. Wow. Um, the, the, the crypto system is going to eat the finance, traditional financial system. Um, you know, dollar cost averaging, don't, don't go all in and then it falls. It's, we're in between kind of a bull and bear market right now. I don't know uh, necessarily which direction. I think we got another bear, uh, a bull, sorry, uh, uh, still pending. Uh, but a bear market will come. It, it's the nat nature of cycles. Uh, it will happen. Uh, so, so you know, uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Diversify your portfolio. Uh, pay attention to the tech trends and try to watch YouTube videos in your free time, audiobooks. You know, find the academic lectures as we mentioned earlier. Uh, there's there's so much uh, wealth of information. Reach out to me if you want. I can I can send you links. I'm 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 here and uh, uh, at your service. So. Uh, I'm just really excited for, for all the things that are happening and, and changing. Uh, I really do think we're in another dot-com like era uh, yeah. with a lot of innovation happening and there's going to be millionaires, billionaires and lots of cool and exciting things that are, that are coming out of uh, uh, the crypto space. So uh, I'll leave it with that. Very cool. Kyle Armour, everybody. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks, Naeem. Pleasure being on.